You are listening to Life Skills 101 on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Welcome to Life Skills 101, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. Your host, Lisa Nearing, has homeschooled her five kids for the last 29 years. She has a master's degree in human brain development and a master's in marriage and family therapy. She is currently the owner of True North, offering everything from Hebrew classes to chemistry. She and her husband, Dr. David Nearing, are passionately committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools and resources necessary to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, Without further ado, your host. Hey, everybody. It is Lisa, and I'm here to do another podcast. So glad you joined us today. We are talking about education. That's what we do. And um, we'd love to get your thoughts about what we're talking about. So if you have questions about education or homeschooling, let us know what they are, and we will address those concerns. If I don't know the answer, I'll find somebody who does, and I'm really great at researching. So Um, Let me know what you guys are thinking of as you homeschool and really consider the educational landscape. Um, I get questions on the regular. (laughs) And if you've homeschooled for two minutes, you might have experienced this yourself. My kid is bored. Um, My kid doesn't want to do the work in front of them. Um, How do I motivate my kid? They're not motivated. They're not excited about the work. They just have no personal agency. And they used to be really sweet and compliant and love their little siblings. And now they're just squabbling and fighting and argumentative. And I don't know what to do with them. Well, this is a common problem, not only in homeschooling, but in parenting in general. (laughs) Can I get a witness? You know, we homeschooled for 30 years, our five kids. And uh, I think we've seen it all. You know, the super motivated, the not so motivated, the motivated about anything but what's in front of them. And um, and so motivation was always something that I was constantly thinking about and triaging in my own home. Um, we had a lot going on. I worked for a third of the time that I homeschooled. We lived on an acreage that um, we basically rebuilt and we had a house fire, we had animals, we had pets um, and we had kids. <laughs> so there was always a lot going on and figuring out how to motivate those people who were not naturally motivated or not naturally motivated about anything I suggested was a priority. So how do we get things done? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So if you've ever had an unmotivated student, I would love to hear in the comments um, what you've done to work with them and how you've gotten them to um, show up, just show up for homeschool or chores or whatever. I have three great tips for you today about how to really Um, cultivate peak performance in your homeschool kid. And that might seem like a funny thing to even state about homeschooling. Like let's talk peak performance, right? Like we don't use those terms in homeschooling. We talk about giving our kids freedom. And look, I've talked about that for years. Give our kids all the freedom, let them roam wild and free, be outside, um, delight directed, all those things. So I'm totally on board with that. I'm totally camped there. But we all know if we're an adult with any kind of success in our life, that sometimes you have to perform and you have to perform even if you don't want to, or you don't feel competent, or you didn't get enough sleep, or the stars didn't align, you still have to show up 
and do what's expected of you. So that's what I'm talking about. Even with all this freedom and delight directed outside nature things that we have the beauty and time to do as homeschoolers, sometimes we just need to get our kids to get kicked into high care and do the thing, right? That's what I'm talking about, how to really activate academic performance in your kids. And this isn't just for academics. This has to do with behavior. This has to do with chores. You can use these tips for anything uh, when you're dealing with humans, okay? So the first thing is you need to have clear and specific expectations. Now, I know as homeschoolers, especially if we're working or we're doing um, we're doing the homesteading thing or all the things, sometimes it's easy not to have really clear and specific expectations for our kids or they're clear and specific in our heads, but our kids have no clue what those expectations are. And so I know for a long time, I picked all the curriculum for my kids, right? I did the research, I chose it, I presented it to them, I divvied it out, I did the pacing, all that kind of stuff. They weren't really um, involved in that. And that's really appropriate, especially as your kids are younger. But as they get older, if you don't clue them into what this, the clear and specific expectations are, they probably don't know. Now, we homeschooled our five kids all the way through. So we started homeschooling in 1991. And so my kids didn't have that framework of what was expected in a school year, or they didn't even have terminology for school. Like my, I, they had kids that went to college and they're like, so was a freshman or a sophomore? You know, they just didn't even have that academic, um, those academic terms in their head. So having clear and specific expectations, like we would do apologia, I'm starting with general science. And in my head, it just made total sense that we would finish the book in the year because that was a year's worth of science, right? But for my kids, like I didn't tell them that and they didn't have a framework for it. So they didn't know what the expectation was. And so as you get to the end of the school year, you feel like your time is running out or you wanna finish this thing so you can move on to the next thing. You might have this whole attitude of hurrying your kids along or just trying to like motivate them to keep on task and finish so your time frame is fulfilled, but they might not have any clue what that time frame is. And a lot of times as parents, we're not, you know, as, as homeschoolers, we're not really articulating with our kids that well. So I want to suggest to you, especially as your kids get older and are moving into junior high and senior high, that you actually help them and involve them in what those clear and specific expectations for themselves and for your school year are. And that might be a paradigm shift for you guys, because you might be so used to doing it all yourself that you're not even sure how to have those conversations with them. But what I would suggest that you do is just grab a typical course of study off of our website at journarthomeschool.academy. Um, show your kid what a typical course of study is by grade level. What grade level are they? Help them understand that there's the core four math, English, science, history, electives, foreign language, PE, music, all those kind of things. And then start talking about what it is that they want to accomplish this year. And you know what? I bet your kids have a better idea about what they want to accomplish than you might realize. That was always the case for us when I asked the kids, what do you want to accomplish? Honestly, their responses often surprised me because they wanted to dive deep into certain things. They wanted grand overviews of other things and certain things they didn't want to do at all. So that opened up so many great discussions for us and honestly helped us all work on choosing curriculum experiences, field trips, um, and those kind of things to actually address those areas that they were really interested in and wanted to learn about. So again, 
has specific and clear expectations. Now, it, at True North Homeschool Academy, we provide syllabus for all of our classes. That's just on the parent and student dashboard right there when you start the class. The syllabus is created and it's just a one-page document. And that one-page document says, this is how long this class will last. Here's the required um, text and information and resources that you will need. Here are the objectives for the course. Now, you absolutely don't have to get that formalized in your homeschool if you don't want to. But honestly, if you have kids who struggle with executive functioning or they're 2E or even learning disordered, a little bit hyperactive or anything like that, it might actually be super helpful to them. Furthermore, most kids, honestly, they like structure, even if they kind of bulk about it or against it, you know, they push back with structure. Most kids, it's actually going to help their brain understand what's happening, and it's going to actually allow them to just get up and know what's expected. So again, it's great for executive functioning skills, and you can just Google what a syllabus looks like. It's just a one-page document. It's not a pacing guide. It is what are the course objectives? What is the student going to learn for the year? So that might actually be a really helpful tool for you and your student to use. You could even make a student notebook for the year, put all the course objectives for each subject that they're going to be learning, and bam, oh, you've got your portfolio for the year, too, if you're in a state that requires a portfolio at the end of the year. Okay, so let's go over this again. In order to activate high performance for your kids, the very first thing you need to do is set clear and specific expectations. Now, I want to talk about this principle called the Goldilocks principle. You guys have heard me talk about it before. I've, I've done a whole podcast and I've written blog posts on the Goldilocks principle because it's such an important academic technique. The Goldilocks principle says, our, when we learn, we want things not too easy, not too difficult. We want them just right. And just right means one step beyond what is comfortable for us or one step past our current skill set. So a lot of times as we're homeschooling and, you know, I get these calls in January from moms of tweens and teens, and they're like, my, my son, usually it's a boy, my son was so happy and compliant, always took out the trash, always did his homework, and he just woke up one day and he's like, enough, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm bored, I don't like my siblings, I'm sick of this house, I want to go to school, and they're, they just feel so frustrated. Listen, your kids might actually be super bored. And all of our kids get to a point where they need to know that they can rise to an external challenge and meet it. Now, one of the great benefits about homeschooling is that we provide these places of ease and comfort for our kids. Like they get up, they get to come down and sit on the couch in front of the fire and eat their cereal while we do our morning Devo or whatever. I remember going to public school as a kid and I would get up and be out at the bus stop in the pouring rain with my socks soaking wet at O Dark 30 waiting for a bus which splashed us as it picked us up. And then you'd spend the whole rest of the day kind of soggy. Okay, so we've provided these amazing places for our kids to not feel uncomfortable. But listen, true education requires some friction. And that's what the Goldilocks principle talks about is that there's got to be some friction. Your kids have got to struggle and wrestle a little bit to get to the next level of learning. And that is the second thing I want to talk about, how to activate high performance in your kids. You need to create challenges for them that are outside their current ability or skill set. Now, that might be more difficult for us as our kids get older. You know, our kids, hopefully, if we've educated them well, hopefully, quickly, they're going to get to a point where they've outpaced us. They know more than we do. And that happens certainly with many of, of my five kids, <laughs> where their information and skill and ability far 
outpaced mine. Um, one of my sons was doing um, calc in high school. I certainly, I, I did like calc years and years and years ago, and I wasn't about to relearn it or even have the bandwidth to do so in high school. Um, I have a couple kids who are just history aficionados. They, you can just name a date and they can tell you people, places, geography, events, and it's phenomenal, way beyond what I know as far as history goes, et cetera. So, um, you know, hopefully our kids are going to stand on our shoulders and outpace us. And that's really, in my opinion, one of the goals of homeschooling is that you can give your kids these amazing opportunities where they can go farther, faster than other educational opportunities provide for them. But in order to do that, you have got to create challenge and friction for them. And I don't mean like have them go to a, a, a someplace and get beat up. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that there's got to be a challenge that pushes them and stretches them. And I've talked about this so often before, too, is that, you know, as parents, we don't want to see our kids like hurt or suffering. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about wrestling. When we make things too easy for our kids um, and we just provide entertainment and ease for our kids, our kids get lazy. Let's be honest. We do, too. I mean, right. That's just the human condition. Um, but when we provide a challenge for them and they rise to the challenge and they overcome that challenge, they have that sense of fulfillment. Fulfillment is such an amazing feeling. Now, I like fun too, but we all know when we have accomplished something mighty and great and that deep sense of fulfillment, whether that is running a marathon or earning a, a degree or reading a book a week for a year, whatever it is, when we've accomplished that goal and it was a hard goal and a difficult goal for us, but we did it, that deep sense of like, oh, I can do it. And once you've done a hard goal one time, you know you have some chutzpah going on and you know you can do another hard goal another time, right? So not only are you teaching your kids about that instance, but you're teaching them about themselves and how that is transferable knowledge to the next difficult situation. Okay, so in order to um, activate high performance for your kids, number one, you need clear and specific expectations for them. And number two, a challenge that is beyond their ability at this point or their skill set. And then lastly, your kids need immediate feedback. And this is honestly something that we often don't do as homeschoolers is provide immediate feedback for our kids, whether that's in math or English. Now, I, I'm, I've taught English for years and years, both online and in person. And one of my pet peeves with some of the programs is they require the kids to write and write and write and write. And they don't ever grade the papers. Well, what's happening is your brain gets better at what it does. So if you're writing incorrectly and you just got run on sentence syndrome, or you don't know how to punctuate, or you really don't have an exordium or all manner of things, um, you're practicing that incorrectly. And that's the importance of a feedback loop. Now in homeschooling, one of the things I say in all my workshops is as your kids get older, outsource at least one class a year so that they get used to an other instructor besides mom. Here's the deal, moms, we are so easy on our kids. Now, my kids always made a joke, like, you know, they would never want dad to homeschool them because they knew he would be so much tougher on him than maybe I would be. And we learned a lot, but that's just like, you know, that's just the difference maybe between moms and dads. Um, so I, I really wanna encourage you guys to outsource if you need to, um, while your kids are in junior and senior high school so that they actually get clear assessments from somebody besides you. Um, and again, that causes some friction for them, which is, you know, twofer. But the other thing too, is you want to outsource to somebody who's going to give 
good feedback and quickly. And that's one of the things we do at Genoa Homeschool Academy too, that's baked into our program, that we do have assignments and they're graded so that the kids can see what they've done and respond to that critique. And it's never criticism in terms of like tearing anybody down or saying, well, I can't even believe you thought that. It is, it is actually editing, it's helpful assessment. And we assess many different ways and you can too. Quizzes, tests, papers, projects, presentations. Doesn't have to be traditional standardized tests. In fact, I would encourage you to have many different assessments because really we're preparing our kids to go out and launch into the world and be highly successful in the world. And most of the time as adults, we don't have a lot of standardized tests, right? We have papers and presentations and assessments. And even as I'm going to the Great Home School conventions every spring and talking to people there, I'm being assessed by the people who come and hear me and come to the booth and talk to me. Do I know what I'm talking about? Am I actually helpful? And those are the kind of assessments that I would encourage you to build into your homeschool program. Okay, so those three super simple ways you can activate high performance in your kids as you're homeschooling. And you can do this across grade levels and across curriculum and subject matter. Number one, set clear and specific expectations for your kids, for that grade, for that lesson or whatever it is. Second, create challenge or friction uh, that is outside of their skill set or what they know right now. And then thirdly, make sure that you have um, immediate feedback and assessment for them. I hope this has been super helpful to you. You know, one of our missions uh, is to come alongside fellow homeschoolers so that you guys can homeschool and just enjoy it because really it is such a great way to not only educate your kids, but to parent your kids and to really um, share your values, share your hopes and dreams, get to know your kids really well too. What are their values? What are their hopes and dreams? And hopefully you have, you have some real connection there. Um, and so I just want to encourage you because it really is a beautiful way to raise your kids and to enjoy them and to have a cohesive and beautiful family culture. I will talk to you guys next time on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like, share, and leave a comment for me below. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.